Welcome to r slash true off my chest, where OP gets chlamydia from his cheating wife. Our next Reddit post is from Possibility OK. My wife gave me chlamydia, and I am livid. The only person that I passionately hugged in the past five years has been my wife. I thought I had a bladder infection or a UTI, and I scoffed when my doctor thought that it was chlamydia. Well, here we are. I got the test results yesterday, and I have chlamydia. I decided to start snooping, and it didn't take long to find the text messages between her and her boy toy. My guess is that she doesn't even know that she has it as well. She thinks that I stayed up all night working, but little does she know I've already emailed her little lover boy's wife all the text messages. I warned the lover boy's wife that he's been sleeping with an infected woman and to get herself tested. I'm still deciding how to process all of this, but my wife is going to wake up to my positive test results and the messages of her infidelity. The sun should be coming up in the next hour or two, and it'll probably be the end of this marriage. Oh man, the top comment from Tree Re Nee is, You should just casually drop his name over coffee. So, I was thinking, you should probably tell John that he has chlamydia. <laughs> Our next Reddit post is from Sadass Coffee Addict. I want to start this off by saying that this had to have literally happened in three minutes or less. When I was in high school, I was often home alone and unattended. So, I would spend from around 4.30pm to 9pm completely alone in a decent-sized house. It wasn't necessarily scary, but it was kind of eerie to me. One night, though, there was a home invasion. It wasn't anything really scary because I was down in the basement and I just heard the dude break in the screen door and start rummaging through the kitchen. Now, at the time, I didn't have a personal phone and the landline was in the kitchen. Since I was in the basement, I did have my dad's axe at my immediate disposal. But I wasn't some 6'4 man giant. I was a 5'8 dude who barely did P.E. So, what did I do? I decided to effing throw the axe at the guy. I carried the axe up the stairs as quietly as I could, and I managed to get the door open enough to slip out of it. I sort of scoot-walked into Angle, screamed at the top of my lungs, and just effing hurled it at the guy. I missed, but I genuinely think the poor dude pissed himself before he made a beeline for the screen door that he'd shattered. The axe blade didn't hit anything, but it dented the wall pretty badly. I eventually called the cops and then my parents. So, if you robbed a house in Alabama and had an axe nearly embedded in your head, I sincerely do apologize. I hope you reconsidered some of your life decisions, though. Down in the comments, we have this story from Jahan Gonzalez. I knew a girl who once woke up to a burglar in her room trying to steal her laptop. She woke up and tried to grab it from him, but it's not what you think. This happened in the middle of the day, a very hot day, and she was having a nap completely naked to deal with the heat. So she was pulling on her laptop to try to save it and was largely unaware of her state of dress. The robber wasn't. But you're naked, he sputtered. I think that he was more traumatized than she was. He just wanted to steal a laptop, not become a sex offender. Our next Reddit post is from Comfortable Soft. My girlfriend lost her entire college fund for this semester to a scam. I really don't know what to say, honestly. I really love my girlfriend a lot, but I just can't put up with her naivete anymore. She lost $14,500 to a crypto scam. She knows nothing about crypto at all. Nobody we know invests in it, and she fell for a scam over Twitter. 
And it wasn't just her money, it was also her parents' money, and I contributed most of it. She only works part-time as a server, so it really feels great to know that the last five months of saving away has been for nothing. All because she naively thought that a 12-hour-old account on Twitter was going to give her 50 bitcoins because she won a giveaway. She's always been a moron, if I'm being honest with you. She falls for things so quickly, it's kind of absurd. This isn't even the first time she's done something incredibly stupid before with money. She's always falling for sham pseudoscience scams and buying incredibly expensive supplements and products. She actually believes the YouTube scam ads and will freely give away her credit card info to any site that she finds herself on. Those are easy enough to get past, however, because 50 bucks on some stupid bottle of pills is one thing, but $14,500 is another. I'm just tired, I guess. She actually still believed after a week that the transaction to transfer the 50 bitcoins to her wallet was still on hold. And it was only after I discovered that her bank account had been emptied that I figured out that she messed up massively. I don't even have the heart to tell her parents right now that their daughter just messed up so massively that she actually can't attend school this semester. Now, she's convinced that if she contacts the FBI, she'll be able to not only get her money back, but also the 50 Bitcoin that she was promised. The fact that she can't pay for her tuition this semester doesn't even cross her mind. And she still plans to attend classes and just take out a loan or something until the FBI gets her her money back. I'm planning on breaking it off this week. I'm going to tell her parents ahead of time. That way, they don't just get dropkicked with this info that she fell for another scam. Down in the comments, we have stories from very, very stupid people. Ksak says, I once had a coworker like this. He once gave his debit card info to a letter saying that he owed 500 bucks for a K Jewelers credit card that he took out. I asked if he even had one of those, and he said no. So then, why'd you give them your money, Michael? I've had to stop him from doing many idiot moves like this. Then, AT Dream Vision says, I literally walked into my grandmother on the phone with a scammer a month ago in the middle of transferring them $22,000. After nearly an hour and a half of trying to get her to tell me what was going on, I finally figured it out and spent the next half hour trying to convince her that it was a scam. Thank God we were able to cancel the transfer, which was pending. They are still trying to call her. Nutcracker adds, For me, it was my mother. She had been contacted that she had won an all-expenses-paid cruise from a Facebook competition. I asked her if she had actually entered a Facebook competition for a cruise. She said no, so I said, Okay, well then, Mom, it's a scam. No, it's not. The lady rang me after I gave her my phone number. Then the lady rang back and Mom said, My daughter told me that this is a scam. Is that right? And then my mom gleefully told me that the lady assured her that it wasn't a scam at all. It ended up taking a phone call from the cops to convince my mom that she had indeed been duped. Luckily, this happened before she gave any credit card or bank info. Every time I stop her from falling for a scam, she always says in the most confused and agitated voice, But how do you know that it's a scam? They told me that it isn't. Ugh! Our next Reddit post is from Fabulous Cost. I offered to let my mom live with me under the exact same terms that I lived with her as a teen. I don't know why in God's name my mom thought that I would be the one to come to. We do not get along. I went to live with my dad at 16 because she told me that she hated me and kicked me out. I know for a fact that my older brother, the golden child, has a spare bedroom that she could sleep in now that she's losing the house. 
My mom's situation is entirely her own fault as well, which makes this all the more annoying. She and my stepdad bought a seven-bedroom house 10 years ago, right after she left her job of 20 years to work at some stupid startup that was out of business only three years later. My stepdad spent the last years of his miserable life bedbound because he ignored every doctor telling him to stop shoving his face full of food at every waking moment of the day. So he died at 500 pounds and in misery. I was more than fine with this, by the way. Well, when he died early this year, it pretty much drained the last of the money that my moron of a mother had remaining, and now the bank's taking the house back. So she shows up at my door, for some reason, after mistreating me since I was a kid and ignoring me unless she wanted something since she married that thankfully dead land whale. She had the nerve to ask to live with me. It's only me and my husband in our two-bedroom house, but the spare bedroom is his office, and the basement is my art studio, and the couch in front of the fireplace is for our lovely cats. There is no room for that wicked hag anywhere in this house. But I knew this opportunity would never come again, so I told her she could live with us, if and only if she decided to follow the house rules. All electronics were to be turned off by 6 p.m., If she was caught with any of her electronics after that, they would be taken away and sold at the next yard sale. Bedtime was 7.30 p.m. If I caught her up, I would take away all of her clothing for the week. She may only shower for five minutes once every three days. Oh my god. All of her chores must be done the moment that she wakes up. If I roll out of bed and they're not done, she will not be getting meals for the day. She must make sure that she's alert at all times. If me or my husband need something done, it has to be done at that exact moment, or else she'll lose her bidding privileges for the night. She'll be in charge of cooking one meal each day that I choose. If it's not made to my liking, then she'll not be allowed to join us, and instead we'll eat the cheapest frozen meal available. I'll be reading all of her mail, text messages, and emails. I will give her the ones that I deem acceptable communication under my roof. Her car will be my own personal travel car, and she'll drive me wherever I want to be driven. She will still have to pay for gas. And last but not least, if at any point she displeases me, I'll be calling my brother up to pick her up from a nearby gas station. I will get to choose what she takes to put up in a torn-up backpack before dropping her off without looking back. She called me a monster and told me these conditions were inhumane. And she asked if I was insane. These were the exact conditions that I lived under for years as a teenager. These are the exact conditions that she tormented me with for years until she finally let me go live with the one parent who loved me. And these would be the conditions that she would suffer under if she dared to ask me to home her worthless, joy-sucking soul. I don't know where she went after she stormed out of my house. My brother called me and told me that I have the biggest balls in the family for the stunt that I pulled. From the sounds of it, though, none of the spawn want the broodmother to live with them. I hope that she finds a nice park bench to stay on. Down in the comments, DL asks, Did she recognize those terms, or did you have to remind her where they came from? OP replies, I'm sure she did. She revels in the fact that she can remember petty arguments and mistakes from 30 years ago. She would never admit to it, though, because that would prove that she was always a terrible mother and person. And further beneath that, we have this story from the Devil's Advocate. Wow, sounds like she got what she deserved. 20 years ago, I had just gotten married. My wife and I went to stay at her sister's place for a week. 
They insisted that we stay in separate bedrooms. My wife privately told me that they were worried that we might passionately hug in our room otherwise. A couple of years later, they wanted to come stay at our place for a week. We had just bought a place in the city. I said, sure, no problem, but you have to stay in separate bedrooms. They were outraged. My wife asked me to please let them stay in one, but I refused, and they chose not to stay with us. Our next Reddit post is from Lily Doe. I am a gold digger. I'm a 29-year-old woman, and I grew up in a rotting trailer home. I'm reasonably intelligent, but nothing special. I was middle of the pack all through school. I went to an okay college, I got an alright degree, and I was hired to a fine job. I did everything I was supposed to do, and I was still struggling. I could barely pay rent. The only thing that really set me apart was the fact that I'm attractive. Blonde hair, blue eyes, petite, thin. I got hit on a lot. I dated a few guys, but it always felt like they were looking for excuses to show me off, not to get to know me. I worked at an accounting firm. One of our biggest clients was always super friendly to me when he came in, finding excuses to stop and talk to me, that kind of thing. I obviously knew what he did for work. I knew that he had money. So, one day, when he mentioned that he was going to a restaurant downtown after work for happy hour, I dropped the, oh, I've always wanted to go there. And a few hours later, I was sitting across from this sweet older man, eating the best meal of my life. He was 45 at the time. I was 26. He was cute, but not my usual type. I found him a little boring. Still, I pushed the relationship forward, and a year later, I had a three-carat diamond on my finger. I was living in a gorgeous house. I had a closet full of expensive clothes. I got to travel for the first time. I wasn't sick with worry every day that my bank account would overdraw. My husband is incredibly good to me, not just financially, but emotionally. He values my opinion, he considers my feelings, he apologizes when he does something wrong, and actually corrects his behavior in the future. Our love life is incredible! Yeah, sometimes his stock market talk bores me to tears, but I genuinely love and appreciate him for who he is. I'm pregnant with our first child, and he's so involved and excited. I have a lot of guilt about why I initially got involved with my husband. I would do anything for him now, but for about the first six months of our relationship, all I worried about was keeping him interested so I would have a way out of my mediocre life. I can't talk to anyone about it. I just wanted to say it out loud, I guess. Judge away. I'm ready. OP, um, the title of this post is I'm a Gold Digger, but it kind of sounds like you were a gold digger. You know, like, clearly you're in love with this man now, so does that mean that you're still a gold digger? I'm not sure. I guess it depends on if you, you know, was completely broke and lost all his money, would you leave him? And that's, you know, something that we can't evaluate based on this post. But I wouldn't beat myself up too much, because, like, you weren't the only person who decided to enter into this relationship, right? I mean, you were 26, you were a gold digger at the time, admittedly, but at the same time, your boyfriend had to know what was going on, you know? I'm sure he didn't think that you were dating him just because of his charming good looks, right? He knew that you knew that he had money, and he probably realized that that's why you were dating him. And personally, like, honestly, I'm totally okay with gold diggers. I really am. As long as it's consenting adults, like, who cares if you're attracted because of their personality or their looks or their money? As long as you're consenting adults, who cares? So to me, this just feels like, you know, all's well that ends well. Our next Reddit post is from Tom C. Throwaway. My sister's stupidity destroyed my family. My sister let her boyfriend drive my parents' car. She took it when they were out. 
She only had a learner's permit, so she was supposed to have a licensed adult with her. She let her boyfriend, who was a year too young to have a learner's permit, drive, and he crashed. He died. My sister was seriously injured. I think that one or both of her feet were on the dashboard. She's paralyzed from the chin down. My parents' insurance isn't covering them since my sister took the car illegally and now her boyfriend's family are suing my parents. My parents tried to sue them back since he was the one driving, but it was thrown out of court. We had to move to an apartment because my parents couldn't afford our house anymore. I see them cry every day. I heard my mom say that going bankrupt doesn't get rid of the lawsuit debt, and their lawyers told them to try to settle before it goes to court because they'll probably lose. My sister has to be in a home forever because she needs help and care 24-7, 365. She remembers everything, and her brain isn't affected at all. Her medical and nursing home bills are so much money. My grandparents are all trying to help, but they're all in retirement homes and don't have much. I've seen them cry too. I know that my sister's getting punished already because she's almost completely paralyzed, but I still can't even look at her because she destroyed our entire family. That was r slash true off my chest, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.